This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Portabooth Pro and Rode Microphones. Uh, this week we're talking about a new interface. And it's an interface that I actually bought. They didn't just send it to you, Andrew, because no. you're Andrew Peters? No. Trust me, he tried. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even try, actually, which is a bad, bad form on my part. Yeah, no, well, I, you know I, what? I showed when up you the buy cash. a product, it's saying, hey, I really want to try this thing. Yeah, so. totally. Exactly. And the product is the Solid State Audio uh, SSL2. Mm. Now, there's two models. There's the SSL2 and the SSL2+. Plus. But the 2 Plus has like MIDI and all those other bits and pieces that I would never use. Can so I be anal only because I know something? Yeah. The SSL stands for Solid State Logic. Mm. Yep. Yes. It SSL, does. Solid State Logic, right? Mm. Yeah. Nice. That, that is one I've seen on the radar. I've seen it reviewed. I've heard about it. But I'm hearing it now yep. in the flesh, so to speak. Yep. And it sounds fantastic. Um, so what do you think so far? I, I think it's really, really good. It's got, for Basic stuff, it's got a really good uh, output level, 62 dB, which is kind of handy when you're doing things down the line like we are at the moment. Um, but the other thing that's really cool about this, being two-channel, I can put in – channel one could be a shotgun, channel two could be a large condenser, um, and also the 48-volt separate for each channel, which is kind of handy. Uh, I was about to say that. Is that. If that's possible, then you could just turn off one mic, right? Yeah, which is kind of handy. But the, the thing I really like about this is not just really two – um, sounds you'll get through this with the two different mics. It's actually four because there's a button on here. It's called Legacy 4K and it's got nothing to do with 4K. It's got to do with uh, the 4000, the legendary SSL console, the 4000. And if you press that button, all of a sudden, the thing just cuts like a knife. It's, yeah, it's really like seriously different. Can you hear it? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a bit of a boost to the to the treble, and there's some other sort of harder to pinpoint things going on, right? I mean, I know it's essentially adding a level a layer of distortion. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a harmonic distortion thing. Um, it's color. Yeah, yeah, and right. you know most preamps of this design, most interfaces don't have a color to them, right? They're just gain. Yeah. And that's mainly what you want for voiceover is just gain, clean gain. But I don't know. It's an interesting idea that you can color it from the preamp, color it from the interface itself. Do you, do you find that you're going to reach for that button um, in certain scenarios? I don't know. It's probably more of a question for Robbo, I guess. Would you right. accept um, yeah. the audio? Well, you and I had this conversation yesterday, and I, I, I reckon there is a use for it because, I, as I said to AP, if I was doing uh, radio promos, which is what I do, oddly enough, um, <laughs> uh, with the 4K button in and on the 41.6, it's got so much cut but a really nice, clean sound, but so much more. It probably, uh, it, I guess if I tried to describe it, it added that 4.1.6 sound 41.6 sound again. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, just, it just gave yeah, it, yeah. it so much more crunch. Um, but then, yeah. as I said to him, he said, if I was doing an audio book, I'd probably take that button out and go to a large diaphragm. Um, right. So, you know, so I, I think it gives you that flexibility. Absolutely. Whether, whether every imaging producer would want that 4K button in when you were sending them voiceover, you know, is debatable. Um, but at least you've got the option. 
I reckon the cool thing about this is if, if you're doing a session down the line, um, you'd have your two mics set up, two channels open, and you can say, okay, what do you want? Do you want this? Would you like me to press that button? Uh, would you like me to take that button off? Uh, do you want me to use a large diaphragm? And you can go through the whole thing and they go, yeah, okay, I'll have that one, thanks. Yeah, a smorgasbord. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> this, a really this is cool a unit. Query. So what if you just started a session with 4K on, right? They didn't hear it without. Do you think an engineer would hear that and go, are you doing something to the audio? <laughs> or are they just going to go, well, that sounds like a 416 or something, 41.6. Do you think they could detect it? I could lie and say, I'm actually, no, I've actually got a console in my uh, studio. It's a uh, SSL 4000. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though, George, because I thought about that the other day and I thought, I, I know that it's not, if I said to Andrew, what do you want? And he said, I'm on a 41.6, I would go, okay, there's something else going right. on. But it's so pleasing to the ear, like it's not harsh or ugly that I probably wouldn't push the conversation any further. In If I was going to answer the question you just hit Andrew with, I would go, mm, fuck, sounds nice. Go with it. Awesome. Yeah. That's the thing about this circuit, right? Like to a non-musical person or a non-engineering person, that button may be so subtle that they just really wouldn't think of it, think much of it, right? They wouldn't really know, what's it, is it doing anything? Yeah. But to an audio person or an engineer, it, it's a tremendous difference. So the scenarios where you would use it would be, really have to be predicated by the engineer for sure. So like if I was doing a session and I had that, I would start my session and I would say, hey guys, which do you like, this or this, you know, A or B? And if they go B, then you go with it. You just—they have to. Somebody has to determine which sounds better, and it's because it's so subjective. Mm. Here's an here's an interesting thing with this, though. I've got to say, well, a couple of questions actually. I I throw at you, but one, um, I'm using Twisted Wave because I'm recording onto the laptop, and if I plug a mic into channel one, it goes it goes straight into Twisted Wave. If I use channel two, it doesn't record. Right. On Twisted Wave, and I don't know why that is. Right, yeah, because so, so Twisted Wave is, it's an editor, right? So it records just a single stream of audio by default. So if you just do file, new, mono, it's just recording a channel. If you were to say, for example, record file, new, stereo, then it would record channel two. Now you'd have two channels of audio, left and right. That's okay, but you can also go into the, device settings and choose channels directly. And so you can say, please just record channel two, disable channel one completely. And now it will record channel two as a mono track. Okay. So it's just not obvious, but it is in the device audio device menu in the preferences. So you, you can force it to record uh, another channel. This is so, the preferences yes. for Twisted Wave, is that right? It is in the preferences for Twisted Wave. It's it's in Twisted Wave preferences. It's under devices, which is the primary audio driver selection window. Yeah. Where you choose buffer and such. And then you'll have a select channels. And you can choose no, let's I'll use channel two, not channel one. It's just little check boxes. Ah, that's interesting. Because so, I I, yeah. I tried everything. I opened up a stereo track. I couldn't I right. couldn't work out why it wasn't accepting. Because I could see that all the levels were going, you know, everything was right. input was definitely in there. But uh, that should do it. That should do it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll check so, that out. Yeah. We suspected it was a twisted wave thing, didn't we? 
Yeah. It's a, it's a quirk. Like if you're used to Pro Tools, then the way Prista Wave does it, it makes no sense at all, right? Um, I'm used to Twisted Wave, so I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. So, you know, but I'm also used to Pro Tools. So <laughs> I'm kind of familiar with both of them, how they, how they work. But yeah, it's just a quirk of how the channels are selected. If you're in Adobe Audition, it's a similar thing. There's an audio input uh, map. And you can say, I want to record, you know, virtual channel four or something, you know, or loop channel three or whatever bizarre channel, you can choose it directly. But um, you set it to just record that one channel. Yeah. Back to the SSL2. Yeah. Um, why do you think, I mean, SSL is notoriously famous for high quality, huge consoles. Um, right. Massive in the 80s and 90s. Consoles um, that have character too. Yeah. They have a sound to them, right? That's why they're so famous. Yeah. yeah. And once owned by Peter Gabriel, who I think he only just sold the company uh, about a year or so ago. No way. No, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. But uh, why would you think they've gone and taken on this small interface? Why do you reckon they did that? Uh, I reckon the day of the console is is on its way out or, or mass use of the console anyway. Um, you know, I can see in... Um, post-production work for feature films and stuff. There'll always be, you know, your Harrisons and your SSLs and all that sort of stuff being used. But for your everyday sort of in-between person like me, um, and even even in some radio production suites these days, there's not consoles being put in anymore because there's really not a need for them. There's so much that you can do in the box. Or, or slip out of the box into a, an external piece of gear that I, I think the, the days of mass production of consoles is on its way out. So I'm, I'm guessing they're seeing that and starting to move in another direction. That would be my take on it. Uh, yeah, that's one thing. And I bet it burns them that the next Billie Eilish, you know, like a Billie Eilish isn't using an SSL. You know, they're using a, they're one of their competition. You know, there's, she's. I think she's using the Apollo. Yeah, she's on an Apollo so, in her you know, brother's it, bedroom. Yeah, yeah, so it would, it would, it's got to burn them to say, you know what, son of a gun, yep. they're recording smash hits on Universal Audio stuff by that guy, you know, Bill Putnam. Yep, this sucks. We need to have. We need to be in this game. I think the irony of the name Legacy on there uh, is uh, is. Quite, a, it's really ironic it is, isn't because it? <laughs> this is the legacy. Like, if they don't have their name in the chain on the next hit record, that's bad. Get forgotten. That's bad for them. Get forgotten. Yeah, people are not buying those consoles, right? They they've shrunk down their hardware a lot. You know, over the years, they've made smaller and smaller uh, consoles. Uh, maybe ten years ago, they released one that was like a you know Project Studio board that had like. What twenty four yeah, channels? What was that called? There wasn't. There, there's one even smaller than that. There's like a. Um, it's called like the two hundred or something. Yeah, like and they've the also S200 got like a PreSonus fader port with just one fader on it too. Um, I can't think of I the think name so. of it. I think so. And they have a six channel one. They have a really nice channel, small six channel console with two strips. You know, two channel strips. You know, so they've been going this direction: little shrink, 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 and here they are. Now they've got their two channel desktop. And what blew me away was the price point. Like I. I thought this will be a three or four ninety nine US unit, you know, because it's it's SSL. But they're like, yep, it's got to be right in there with the others. It's got to be affordable. So it's not the cheapest. I think the pricing is brilliant because it's not cheap, 
like cheap, cheap, not $200, $100 cheap, but it's way less than Apollo or, uh, you know, or Audi, uh, the top of the line audience, or, or it's cheaper than, um, uh, you know, uh, what am I thinking? What's the big Apogee? Yep. Um, it's cheaper than many of them. So it's in a really interesting sweet spot. Yeah, it is. I mean, I looked at RME because I use an RME uh, PCI sure. card in the in my PC. You look at the baby face or something? Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're like... It's know, triple, at least triple the yeah, price. Yeah, at least more. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and I kind of, I, I knew when I looked at this thing, because I, I see on the back it says uh, like a SSL Oxfordshire, and I knew at some point I would turn the thing over and see <laughs> China somewhere. Yeah. And of yeah, course, it's, that price point. Yeah. yeah. It's assembled in China. That's what they right. say. So, of course. Um, I'm assuming they do all the, all the um, chips and all the, all the bits and pieces. I, I guess they make them at their UK factory and then Maybe. ship the gear across to be assembled. <laughs> I guess. I don't yeah. know. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that, again, even the, even the Apollo at $800 is China. So that chip left a long time ago. Uh, yeah. The whole concept of things need to be good quality to so they have to be made in the US or in, in England or in Germany or um you know, thanks to, you know, Australia with Rode, they yeah. they've really I think Rode has influenced the price of things a lot because because they can manufacture things so reasonably in the in house, but still with really high quality has changed the game. You know, it's just, it used to be either it was US or German or something, or it was China. You know, there was just a big divide in quality and that's gone. You know, and Road is in that, in, again, in that sweet spot. Yeah. So they, they figured it out. So now it's just, now all those other companies have to try even harder to innovate and have quality in these price points. So it's, it's pretty cool. I think uh, you know, Rode were very, very clever um, by uh, moving the manufacturing out of China and setting up a really state-of-the-art factory in Sydney. Because there's very few companies that um, can manufacture product at that price point in a first-world country. Right. It just doesn't happen, but they're doing yeah. it, so it can happen. Yeah, it is really unique. Yeah. Also, I heard you know, not that it's something that affects our use case that often. But I've heard that the latency of the USB interface on the uh, SSL2 is really good. Yeah. So it, it is usable for music production where you need very low latency for multi-tracking and stuff and for timing. And I've heard that the latency of the driver is really good. And that was something I was going to throw out there was, um, you know, like take take voiceover out of the equation and and in this current climate, you know, remote recording of vocals in there. Um, you know, you you effectively you can pretty much be recording your your vocals for your next you know your next hit remotely on an SSL console almost. Yeah, you know, it's um yeah. You ship that thing to your to your artist. Yeah. Say, I want you to use this. This is the chain I want. I want you to plug this yeah, in. Use the mic. Plug this into your mic, and uh, this is your chain. Absolutely. Yep. It was interesting. I saw um, a guy doing a test on this. He had this, and I think he had an audience from memory. I can't remember what the other interface was. But he did a ridiculous test that you would never, ever use in a fit. But it was uh, a, a good test nonetheless. And he looped the audio, uh, analog to digital, analog to digital, 500 times to see what loss he got from the chip. And uh, the 
SSL was pretty good. It didn't lose huge, well, you know, it lost some, but it wasn't ridiculous. Uh, where the audience was uh, lost a lot of level, a lot of uh, information had gone. So that was a pretty good for them, you know, as regard in regards to the uh, the chip that's in the SSL. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, because you know, it, we I, I'm a little bit skeptical a lot of times about these devices that they that many of them share a lot of the same chips. You know, I think that's definitely true at the lowest end of the price point. You know, a company's not going to be able to do the R and D and cost and investment in a chip for a hundred dollar interface. Yep. But I think that speaks volumes to the quality of the AD conver- ADDA converters because they're clearly using some really good chips and possibly designed them themselves. Yeah. I haven't done the research on that, but that's quite impressive. Yeah. Really. And the other thing, it comes with uh, uh, USB C. Uh, USB and a USB C USB C leads. You get the two leads. Yeah. Right. So it's is it natively USB C? It has the oval USB C connector on the rear. Yeah. Panel. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That, that USB C uh, spec is what allows that latency to be super low. Yeah. It's very very fast and very low latency. So yeah. And the and the, uh, the, the Rode AI great. one has the USB C. It does. As well. Yeah. I think that might be the first interface that I had. That had USB C natively, yep, um, and especially at that price point, you know, they, they're just there. There's a lot of companies still releasing gear that doesn't have USB C. You know, there's still things coming out with USB micro USB or USB uh, B, and um, so they, the fact that Rode was like, nope, we're going to build a unit and it's right out of the gate. It's going to be USB C. Yeah, is uh is brilliant. Yeah, you know. It just shows that their their production pipeline is short, you know, from design to production, is pretty fast. It's yeah. pretty short. They don't have to wait three, six, nine, twelve months out to get something done. So, and I also like the fact that, uh, and I don't, I haven't checked it out in the SSL, but I do know with the road, um, you can update firmware. They have updates for it. You just plug it in and right. jump onto the road yeah. website and update. I'm not Absolutely. sure if SSL are doing the same thing, but I would assume they would at some point. Yeah, that's a difference in design, right? Like, I think the road has more firmware-based functions. For example, like the the 48 volt and the monitor buttons are software, right? They're soft buttons. You uh-huh. click the little wheels, and those functions turn on, turn off. But whereas on the on the um, sorry on the SSL. Those features are mechanical analog switches. Uh-huh. So, so that is my guess. Again, I am doing a lot of you know educated guessing here. Yep. But that's one of the differences. So, um, is that a pro or a con? I don't really know. I mean, as long as the switches on the SSL are good quality, you know, they'll still last for years. Yeah. Um, if they don't collect dust inside them, if they're sealed, good sealed switches. You know, it's good. It's a pro because yeah. that, that's analog circuitry. Yeah. And it also has a monitor level, which goes to 11. <laughs> Literally? It's important. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> How about the headphone driver? You getting good levels in your cans? Yeah, yeah, it's thing? good. I'm actually running it through um, the monitor station, actually, the Presonus. I just right plug now, it all yeah. through the desk and everything. But the yeah, the yeah. Headphone, headphone output's really good. Yeah. It's got some... Cojones. It has indeed. Puts out some 
puts out some well heat if andrew can hear us then it's obviously got level exactly right what was that yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> totally uh, <laughs> yeah no the, the, a lot of these interfaces are are weak in that regard now this unit has a dedicated power supply or no no really so the, all that's powered, powered by the right USB. off the usb yeah, bus powered yeah bus well huh. That's another testament to the USB-C spec. It can carry a lot more current than normal USB. I think USB 1.1A or whatever the hell it is, is only like 500 milliamps. And USB-C can carry, well, many amps. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big deal too. Is your laptop battery so going to like cool. that though? Or does that not make any difference? Well, you know, it needs the power it needs. You know, like it's a sacrifice for quality. Like if you... The thing that sets apart cheap gear from good gear, it's not necessarily the preamp chip or the preamp circuit. It's the power supply. Yeah. That is really what makes the difference in when you get to the high-end level of things. And so the fact that you can get the adequate power to properly drive all the circuits is why you can have a hot headphone. You know, have a really good headphone. You're not gonna you're not stealing circuit power from the headphone amp to get more preamp gain you know so that's awesome yeah. yeah that's 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 all progress right there so cool man nice. I, I will continue to recommend the ssl for people that want a nice desktop solid built unit that has that ssl name well the, th- the thing is uh like i've i've had a buddy over recently an audio guy and uh, we're just looking at looking at all the gear i've got in here and the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of preamps and compressors and everything else. Right. And we, we look at this for 370 Australian dollars. I think it's like 299 US. I'm not sure. Um, Cheaper than that. And you go, you like got 229. Wow. Is it 229? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For the base one. Yeah. Um, so, and you got SSL preamps with the 4K button. You got two preamps. It's perfect. I mean, why would you, you don't really need all this other gear. It's nice to have it, mind you, but uh, you don't need it. So you're selling it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) A friends and family discount. I think think is what Robbo is looking for. I keep saying to the kids, you know, it's like when I fall over, you're going to have all this vintage gear in here that's going to be worth a fortune. So don't touch it. (laughs) Don't break it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I've got. uh, You don't know what's in this room. Yeah. It's funny you should say that. I've got a couple, getting off topic here, but I've got a couple of posters uh, from the Rolling Stones 1995 Australian tour that are framed upstairs hanging on the wall and my wife keeps wanting to yeah. pull them down and get rid of it and I'm going don't you dare <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's our f- kids future investment by the time they're my age those things will be worth a fortune yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there you go yeah I've got well, all, all, cool. all my signed vinyl yeah there you go I love yeah. it. I'm glad. You, uh, it sounds great, man. What a cool uh, new new it's thing. Awesome, that, isn't it? Yeah. You can justify buying. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, yeah. And I didn't even get pushback from uh, her indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Somerset's been using it, so she can't really complain, right? Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. It's not just for me. It's for, <laughs> it's our for the kids future. as well. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, was that was that unit uh, used in the production of any uh, anything lately for Somerset by chance? No, it wasn't actually. And I, it was interesting because uh, I got this after doing that uh, video, which we'll talk about with Robert um, another time. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we used we used the for that video for uh, for Source Elements. We used the AI one. 
and the NTG5. Oh, oh okay. There you go. Yeah. There Just you go. So it was it a big, big road push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works well. Yeah. We're, we're, we're excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Production coming out. Yeah. Yes. More more news to follow. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I think this is a game changer for sure that Source Elements have come up Absolutely. with. Absolutely. This show was mixed by Voodoo Sound. Edit by Andrew Peters. Using Source Connect Now and Rode Microphones. With technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. You look for